You're listening to episode 40 of the Musicpreneur Mindset Podcast. Hey, we're Sub Radio. You're listening to the Musicpreneur Mindset Podcast. Here's your host, Suze, founder of the Rockstar Advocate. Hey there, you're listening to episode 40, Musicpreneur Spotlight, Tommy Darker. I'm your host, Suze, a mindset coach helping musicpreneurs see past their next single or project in order to work towards creating a sustainable career in music. I'm so excited for today's episode as it's season two's first musicpreneur spotlight. My interview with Wise founder, musician, and academic lecturer, Tommy Darker. Tommy, as he'll tell you, started off in the army and eventually found himself learning the ins and outs of the music industry. He embodies what it means to be a musicpreneur, not simply because he is a large force behind the movement of the musicpreneur era in the music industry, but because he understands the importance of experimenting and taking action in order to see what works best for his strategies. He's managed to accomplish a lot in a short amount of time, and he has done so through disciplined and focused action, as well as creating some incredible foundational daily habits that serve his goals. His latest endeavor, WiseCon, is a virtual music conference that kicks off on November 28th and runs until December 2nd. He'll dive in a bit more about that in the interview, but before I start us off, I want you to be aware of this truly unique event and encourage you to go to the show notes and register for free. But without further delay, I'll let you get to know Tommy better as I'm sure there's a lot that will inspire you from our talk. Here we go. All right, everyone. So we're here with Tommy, and you just heard me speak a little bit about his amazing journey thus far, but I always think it's better to hear people tell us in their own words how they've got here and uh, what's going on with them now. So Tommy, why don't you tell us a little bit about what led you to where you are right now and what you're doing these days? First of all, I'm, I'm really excited. Every time I'm talking with you, it's always great. So I'm excited about this <laughs> conversation and I hope people get value out of it. Um, so that's, that's really a question that, you know, it could take a, like days of me talking about the journey. Um, it's uh, when people are asking me about my age, I'm, I'm saying I'm 31. And um, it was like, how have you managed to do all these things, you know, to, to that age? So it's always, I'm always humbled to, to see that people actually think I've done quite a lot. For me, it looks like a continuum, a lot of things happening and, you know, I'm just uh, uh, putting, setting goals and then trying to achieve them. So this is, this is my life, nothing more than that. But other people seem to, to find it exciting. So um, I started at the age of 18, right after uh, high school, and my dream was to uh, become a military to join to become professional military policeman. And I did that. I uh, was pretty good at, at, at sports and I had really good grades at school. So I entered the military school after two years of being stuck there, uh, training, you know, studying and other stuff that they do in the military. Uh, I ended up being a professional. So I was a professional military policeman, all about guns and radios and um, defense plans and things like that, exercises. Pretty exciting stuff, you know. It makes uh, a tough person um, makes you tougher. I was I was pretty irresponsible when I was younger, so that was one of the reasons why I joined the army to become um, a more responsible individual, I guess. But also the financial stability was pretty great. So that gave me some time and space to start exploring other things that I like, which was traveling. It was music. So I started writing music. It was in my spare time, obviously. No, nothing serious. But then I got an invitation to join NATO in Belgium. So I'm from Greece, and I joined the headquarters of Europe for NATO was in Belgium. And I ended up becoming a um, head of security at that headquarters at the age of 25. 
so that whole experience was great, but I could see the life, you know, running, um, like, you know, in front of me, it would be the same thing, the same circle. So I took, you know, I made up my mind and I decided to <laughs> take this passion of mine, which is making music and, uh, try to turn this into a full-time thing, which now looking back like six years later, um, the whole thing was actually the best decision of my life. It was quite easy mm-hmm. to do. Uh, I was saving money for it. You know, I sold everything that I had, uh, my car, my furniture, and uh, I was recording music, I was releasing music, but that was all, you know, just a hobby. And then I went to London. And since then, I've been exploring music and marketing and, you know, ways of, uh, of having a career through music. Um, I started publishing a lot of things online and people found that interesting. So they invited me to teach at universities. A lot of students were using my work for their dissertation and essays. And I realized there was a lot of demand for that. So that one thing led to another. I started teaching at Berkeley College of Music, different places. That was an amazing, you know, six-year period where um, last year I founded uh, my startup right now, WISE, along with two of my most brilliant students from the University of Westminster in London. So that whole thing is probably a continuum for me. You know, it's a, it makes sense that I, I joined the military. I didn't quite like it or I could see myself just being in the same situation for years. Then I took the next step, which was my passion. But then I started exploring it. I ran out of money along the way twice. But I made quite a lot of money, which invested back in my ventures. And then I started teaching and meeting more people. And then I I got to my best students and we created this startup, which continues to, to grow and evolve. And now amazing things happen. So, yeah, I guess that's the whole journey. I think it's interesting that you had said you went into the military and, you know, you needed some discipline. Then it, I'm sure it sounds to our listeners like, well, you needed discipline, but then all of a sudden you like gave everything up and like followed your dreams. But I think what people don't really realize is how much discipline it takes to be that free. You know, you need to have discipline in order to dream big because they really do go hand in hand. That's what I love about your story that, you know, it might seem to people, whoa, he did a total 180, but it really did kind of, you've already set the stage, you know, back when you were 18 to be able to do this stuff, you know, if you think about it. You know, uh, it's, uh, <laughs> I, I love this, this analogy. Um, think, thinking of myself uh, as, as a, a character in a movie, in my own movie, where I just, um, yeah, as a character, there is something always missing in the movie. And then this character is trying to find that thing. And the journey of the whole um, movie is about the character trying to find what's missing and then to become complete. So usually that, that's mm-hmm. how the, the story goes. And for me as a character, that would be independence. That would be independence, doing what I love and making sure that I do have money for it and I do have time and space for it. And I don't ask for permission. So I guess that character of mine is, is full now, uh, despite all the difficulties, because, you know, as things go bigger, the problems get bigger as well, not just, you know, the joy. But uh, it's great now. I feel complete. The fact that I wake up in the morning and I feel great about what I'm doing is something that I, I believe is success. It's called success for me. Um, right. uh, but I guess that thing, you know, the discipline thing that you mentioned, um, I had a lot of discussions with my clients, like, for me, it comes natural now, but I guess it's because I've trained myself for years to be right. disciplined and to just do what I have to do. But a lot of my clients struggle with that, and, and they're artists. I'm, I'm consulting not, not because of money. I'm consulting because I, I like helping people. And uh, all the clients are artists that have these issues with um, how do I get myself 
um, down to work and how do I um, keep myself motivated? I don't quite believe in motivation and discipline. I think it's all about building habits. It's something that I've learned from you as well, that you just uh, create the habit, you identify what's important for you. You um, make sure you find a way to keep yourself accountable, either to a nap or to a human being or something. And then make sure that you do it again and again. And then it comes natural. The whole motivation right. thing is it's problematic for me. So um, you don't have to be disciplined unless you create um, habits that you do every day. And then it comes natural. Like even the smallest things, like me waking up in the morning and uh, pulling out my yoga mat and then uh, exercising for 15 minutes every day. I'm not planning to become a bodybuilder, but I think it's a good way to start your day. And I haven't missed it for, for days. You know, I think it's a few weeks that I've been doing it before I would just <laughs> think about this in the morning. I don't even think about this. I don't think I'm disciplined because I know if I stop for three days, it's going to become difficult again. So just keep up with the habit. It's kind of, yeah, maybe baby steps and then you, you, you start building up on that. So that's my take right. on, on discipline or motivation. You know, it's a probably a myth. Right. Well, me. I think they all, I think, you know, habits, you know, they take discipline and you have to be motivated to keep them. But I think given your training, you know, it is something that's just so ingrained in you that it doesn't feel like, oh, I have to be disciplined or somebody has to like kick my butt to make me do this. But you understand the deeper uh, importance of these habits. So like your discipline is just like ingrained and you have found habits that serve you and that you've seen, you know, how well they serve you. So to you, it's like, well, yes, why wouldn't I do this? You know, but, um, I think it, you know, having that training that you had, I think, uh, you know, set the groundwork. And I think it's something to be said for people that don't necessarily start with music, you know, right away, they, they take different paths. And I hear from some people, you know, they get frustrated when even later in life, even later than 26 years old, seeing, oh, I want to pursue music. And then like, well, look at all the time I wasted doing something else. Why didn't I figure this out sooner? And it's always like, it's not wasted. And, you know, this is just a perfect example of everything that you're doing right now. It There will be a reason it's serving you for your music career. You know, it's not wasted. It's exactly. not why didn't I figure this out sooner? You figured it out when you figured it out. <laughs> exactly. I mean, you're, you're, you're spot on. You're, we're accumulating experience. We're accumulating um, things that we don't like, and we just start discarding things and adding more things to the whole salad of life. Um, yeah. so, so I guess everything is, is uh, helpful. You either succeed in something and you realize that this is the way to go, or you fail, not, not fail, or, or you learn. You, you learn that right. this is not how it works or this is not what I like, but it's all helpful. So, yeah. Yeah. And so the first time I came across you, I'd say it was almost about probably two years ago. I was trying, I actually went on Google to like find more like-minded people. I wanted to see who else was talking about music penorship and who else was talking about, you know, habits and, and all that stuff. So I started searching and I typed in like music penor and immediately your September 30th, uh, 2015 article from Medium uh, popped up and it was called An Evolution Unfolding, How to Prepare for the Music Panor Era. And I was All like, right. oh my goodness, like somebody's talking about this. And it was an amazing article. And um, that's when I basically started, you know, following you and, and not, maybe stalking you online. I wouldn't say stalking, but I definitely... Accepted. Um, I'm doing this too. <laughs> <laughs> but I definitely became a huge fan of everything that you had to say, and I love your articles on Medium. And so I'm just um, curious, when or how did you come to the realization of seeing yourself 
as a musicpreneur. You know, you didn't say, oh, I'm just going to, you know, record some songs. You, you know, you've been able to build this into a real business. So where, like, musicpreneur, like, how did you come to understand that this was like a musicpreneur era that we all had to prepare for? Hey, I guess this is the way that most things start. It's out of need or out of despair. So when I, when I decided that I'm going to quit the army and I didn't quite know what I'm going to do next, but I knew it would be something around music, I'm, I started looking around and, and stalking other people myself so I can um, get educated <laughs> on how I can market these songs that I created. It was the very first moment where I had the demos and then somebody walked in my room and then they're like, oh, whose music is that? Oh, it's my music. Why don't you record it? And this and that. I was scared. So I went, and I went there, recorded the music. And then the question becomes, how do I put this in front of more people so I can get more opinions? And then how do I probably make money with this? Since I'm going to start quitting my job, how am I going to survive after that? So it was necessity. And um, I started um, understanding that, obviously, if, if you try to go for a label or to convince people that you are the right person for their engine, you know, um, it's, you can be the right gear for the engine. It's for me, it's a waste of time. It's, it's just like, you're a nobody, nobody knows you. You haven't released anything and you're trying to convince people. That's like a dream. It's, it's not something tangible that you can do. So I didn't think it was realistic. So I started looking for ways that I can, uh, market my music or make money from it. So I started educating myself. And that was again, on my spare time while I was getting paid, you know, by NATO and it was a really good salary. I had, uh, quite some time, um, available. So, by checking out what other people were talking about, uh, and some people are still, these people are still there. You know, they're still there, big um, marketing people that are talking about music, and I love that. The fact that they've stayed and they haven't quit. Um, but in general, it was me looking around and looking around business models and the lean startup and so many other concepts that the startup world was using. So it was not a typical musician that um, dreams to become a part of a label. So I was started thinking, how can I create a business? Oh, and the product is going to be music. So I guess mm. that's how everything started. And, and from there, it was all about experimenting. So I would see what somebody's doing. I would try to decode it. And then I would model that same system, the same funnel, the same visuals. I would just basically copy everything and try to adjust it to my needs and then try to see if that works for me as well. And that gave me some pretty good results. I realized that certain things, even if you copy them word by word, they don't work. It's a different audience. Now I realized I was marketing research, and it, it makes sense that nothing works the same way. Um, you know, if, if you copy something, it's not, you're going to have the same results. So many parameters um, that change the results. But that was a great experience. And I had the time for that before I quit. And uh, when I decided to quit, I just started accelerating. I, I knew that there was no way out, <laughs> and it feels great knowing that there's right. no way out. There's no plan B. There's nothing else. You either do this or you die, or you go back home yeah. and you become a barista and you, you become miserable thinking about the dream you once had and you never followed it. So, uh, so yeah, I started trying stuff. And by connecting with with a subject, by start realizing that, hey, there's is, there is patterns here, entrepreneurship, this and that, you start seeing the bigger picture after a while. So that, that's the great thing about mastery. When you start mastering a subject, you start seeing patterns. You start identifying things that don't look quite right or something is unusual here and why did this happen? So let me try to find this you know, thing, how it works. 
So it's getting quite interesting. After a while, you start seeing patterns. So this is when I saw that, yeah, there is momentum here. There were fewer people talking about um, entrepreneurship in music. And every year, it's, they start getting more and more. So I started right. using the word musicpreneur because why not? I mean, it's a word that didn't exist, so I started using it. So yeah, that's how yeah. everything started. Um, I started seeing patterns. And um, it's getting interesting when people see you talking passionately about something. Uh, they invite you to write more guest articles. And then I got invited to talk on Medium in this big music conference in, in France. And um, that article that you're talking about, that was the, um, the article that Medium asked me to write so they can publish that, so they can promote me as a speaker. And uh, nice. yeah, that went pretty well. And then I ended up writing a whole huge essay about business models, which ended up being um, taught at the University of Westminster, Berkeley College of Music, Full Sail University. And now I'm turning this into a book. So yes, things were, you know, there was a natural progression in all these things. And uh, yeah, I'm so glad to see that today, unlike six years ago, so many people are thinking entrepreneurially. I'm so glad to see that musicians are thinking in terms of running a business. And it's not for everybody. You know, some people like being hobbyists and that's totally fine. Um, but whenever somebody really dreams of making a living from music, I think thinking like an entrepreneur is the way, the only way to go. Right. Like I said, I found, I was like, oh my goodness, a kindred spirit, because same thing was happening over here in the States where when I started the Rockstar Advocate four years ago and I'm like, okay, th like this is what's missing. Like it's the mindset. It's seeing yourself as an entrepreneur. And everyone was like, uh, no, we're good. Thanks. Like, we don't need this. We don't need therapy. We don't need any self care. We don't know, like, please stop. And then I was like, and that's kind of like what, you know, two years into it, I was having clients and I was making some progress, but really fighting for each and every client, like really trying to knock down the door and explain to people why this was important. And that's kind of what led to my Google search. Like, is there anyone else out there? You now there are so many people out there that, you know, they could have the smarts or the ideas and they put it out there, but to have that and also be a genuinely good person and somebody who likes to support people, I get why you've built what you built, but I want you to tell our listeners why, you know, you, you saw these patterns and you were able to see, okay, musicpreneurship is where we're going. This is what needs to happen. What stopped you from just doing it yourself? Like why create something like wise? Why go further and start educating other people you know, I'm not a musician, so I feel like it's natural, like I want to teach what I know. But for musicians, I'm, all, I'm always so in awe of people like yourself who you could be selfish about it and keep this all to yourself and just focus on your own career. What made you want to create something like Wise and, and help others? I mean, first of all, you should have seen me. Um, I'm humbled uh, for, for what you're saying. You know, it's, um, thank you. It's, um, yeah, sometimes it's good to hear from another human being saying that what you're doing is great. You know, you're a kind person. Thanks. You know, there's so many doubts in, in people and oh, in, in, in everyone. And sometimes you're not sure if what you're doing makes sense or if it's the right thing. So thank you. Um, that's, uh, that's a boost of confidence. Um, so, I guess the, the short answer is uh, because I care, um, because I want to make sure that um, some other people could learn from what I failed about or what I learned that work. Um, so I guess it's that. Um, I wanted to share things because why keep it for yourself? Why not 
make this world a better place by getting more people to do things that work for them and maybe they can have a better life. So that was the, the initial reason. Um, I'm always thinking about my mission in this world and what I'm doing. And, and I'm the most privileged person, all right? I'm a white uh, man in the Western world. Like, oh my gosh, what a privilege. So when I'm thinking about this, and I'm telling my brother as well that is now an entrepreneur too, like we've, we've got a responsibility for everything we have. We're not from a rich family, but we never starved. We never had anything against us. But oh my gosh, what a privilege this is. And we should do what, whatever it takes to actually make this world a better place, leave some legacy. I want to make sure that um, it's, this, this world is better for our children, for everybody else. And then that's, that's why you will see that in everything that I'm doing, I'm always trying to be a little bit um, more open, share a little bit more, and uh, be more charitable. It's, I, I care. I think it would be unfair if, if we kept everything for ourselves. So all these, these goodies, the things you're learning, the things, the people you come across, like why not share it, connect people, why not make the world a better place? So it's not a thing that I, it's a fetish of mine. I want to be huge and then my name will over and, you know, become the next. <laughs> no, just it's human beings around the world suffering. So if I can do one thing well, which is music and, uh, and, and teaching, I, I want to make a difference with that not just be good at it and then have a salary and then you know have a family and then that's it so i've sacrificed a lot of things to 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 reach that level where i would not think of like this is my project this is about me no i mean now it's about the world so whatever i'm doing i'm just trying to think of the impact that this will have in the whole world and if this makes sense or if it's a it's a you know like (laughs) stroking my ego or something and i want to make sure it's it's about others and um, if if I end up having some global influence, I want to make sure I put good use to that influence, because this way there's no you know assholes being out there and known by millions of people and saying things that don't make sense. You know what I'm talking right. about. I mean, we've seen right. people no, like absolutely. this, right? Absolutely. And you know, I've always known you to be somebody that you know thinks globally, thinks inclusively, and you know that's why I just wanted you to share for for some of our listeners that might not know, you know, they just see somebody who's like, Oh, he's, you know, he's done a lot. He's really successful. Yeah. Great. But I wanted them to be able to hear, you know, the, the human behind it that, you know, you always come from a place of service and community. And so you've done something really interesting. When I created this podcast, uh, Scott Dusit of podcast Bay suggested that I only interview musicians rather than quote unquote, you know, industry experts, because he said, Oh, you know, there's enough of those out there with WiseCon, You've kind of done that with music conferences where you've given the platform to musicians to teach and inspire other musicians. So tell us how WiseCon came about and why you decided to do it that way. Right, right, exactly. It, it, again, you see something that's missing, and, and you're just trying to to fill the void. Um, so, first of all, the whole idea—it's nothing original, nothing to do with me. It's more amazing people that you and I know, and they've done things in the past that are awesome. And I just reached out to them, and I said, "Hey, could you help me build something like this? You know, like build something like what you've done, but with this twist." Um, so these people that everybody knows is still Steve Palfreyman. Oh, dude, I love you if you hear that. Uh, mm-hmm. Brie Noble. Brie, you're doing an amazing job inspiring women. 
Um, so these two people have created these um, online summits where they invite industry experts. And you were invited. I was invited. And everything is online. It's a conference. Right. Uh, it has a conference-like structure. It's online. It's pre-recorded, so you can have time to promote the material and um, and make sure that everything is curated and the value is amazing. Um, that, that's what I started thinking. That there are so many expenses that real conferences, um, you know, have to suffer from, and uh, traveling and all these people around the world that never have the chance to actually meet these speakers because they have to travel to uh, to New York to uh, to to Cannes to London like what what about people in Southeast Asia in African countries Latin American countries that cannot travel to get these people in these popular conferences that are in a specific places around the world so that's what I thought that was the first thought the second thought was what about musicians talking in music conferences like come on is it just right. industry people in there is there, is that the holy grail of People from the, the commercial world telling you what the music direction is going to be in the future. Right. Like, come on, let's talk about the people that are doing <laughs> it, the people that are suffering for it, you know, and they're doing it pretty well. So mm-hmm. that was the second idea. Um, just bring only musicians, no industry people. We have already a lot of conferences and they're brilliant, but the type of value you get from the story of a musician that has been through these pain of you know and doubt of how i'm going to survive now and now they're at this point where they can influence people and inspire people what about these people what about these amazing artists so um that was the initial idea again bring only artists from all over the world making sure here's disclaimer making sure there is 50 50 gender split strictly and also making sure there's diversity. So we can have equal representation and people from all over the world being heard. So now we're talking with some countries that probably they never had the, the mic, you know, to, to talk on a global level. And I want to make sure that it's not just the UK and the, um, the US talking. Uh, I just want to make sure that everybody has a voice. So that's one thing. And the second thing is that um, 100% of proceeds of that conference will go to charity. The two charities that we're going to support and give um, 50% of the, pro- of the proceeds to each charity is about um, women in music, and it's about music education in developing countries. So these, these are the two causes that we support to make sure that we push the agenda towards 50-50 gender split and um, uh, musical instruments and music education in countries that are not in the Western world, and they probably need it more you know, than the U- UK and the US. So this is the, the conference um, theme. We're going to talk about inspiration, what it took for these people to get to where they are right now, what made them successful, what they did differently, how they approached fa- uh, failure, how, what they think about um, success, and some interesting stories. There's a, some people that actually cried um, while we're recording the interview. And, and yeah, that was, honest. That, that was yeah. honest, honest talk, right? That was not... Just yeah. a person trying to look sensitive for a public image. That was a person opening up. So, yeah, that's well, the whole I think thing. that's why it's so important. I mean, what you're doing is brilliant. When you told me about it, it's like my first thought is like, why hasn't this been done? Or why isn't it being done more often? Um, and so I'm so happy and it doesn't surprise me that you're the one to do it because it really is just such a great idea that it's like, yeah, listen, there's a lot of great industry experts out there. And like, it's really important to, you know, learn some things that you don't know, but to hear it come, you know, straight from the horse's mouth, as they say, by somebody who's been through it, who is coming from your perspective, who is the musician, who's done the work, 
who's, you know, maybe reached the milestones that you're hoping to reach one day. And they're telling you, here's what worked for me. Here's what didn't. Here's what I experienced. Here's what I struggled with. I mean, that's really invaluable. And it's such a special type of education to have. And so I really just think the whole thing is just, is brilliant. I love the, the message behind it. And, you know, everybody listening, please, please, please go check this out. All of the information is in the show notes, go to wisecon.com. And it's, just phenomenal what you what you guys are doing and i have no doubt it's going to be a huge success i mean we try to keep it uh free for so if you want to attend uh as each interview is broadcasted on on a specific day you all you all have to do is just go to the website register and you get access for free to all the interviews um there is going to be uh something that we're going to try for the first time it's um if you want to get the recordings and some additional um i know cool takeaways and some other stuff then you can upgrade get a vip ticket but it's going to be very cheap so that people all over the world can um actually buy this and all this money again goes to charity but we're going to try also something else it's going to be an alternative way of payment so i hope that this there's no bad surprises with this because we're trying to figure out all the whole integration so that the, the the customer journey can be amazing and seamless. Uh, but it seems that this is the plan. There's going to be an alternative way of payment. People can either pay the $20 and uh, get the, the VIP pass, or they can invite a, num- a set number of their friends to join WiseCon and get access to their VIP pass this way. So if you invite more people to join, you can get free goodies. You can get a VIP pass uh, instead of paying with money. So this is something we're going to try so if people want to invite others, you know, and pay for the ticket, that's also going to be awesome because the, all the money goes to good cause. But yeah, we're going to try that element of virality to see if people are actually willing to invite others, even with a small bribe like like bribe like this. That's amazing, and and you know, it's it's a bribe, but it's also it's about building community. So you know, it's incentivizing them to do something that's even more awesome is to share it with their friends and do them do their friends a favor by saying, hey, this is super valuable. Um, yeah, I, I love it. I love everything about this and, and I wish you the best with it. I, I don't see how this could be anything short of tremendously amazing. <laughs> so I, mean, you know, um, I can't wait to tune in and, um, I'm really just so excited about it and I'm so excited that we got you on this podcast so that you can tell people about it. Um, because it's really, it's just, it's really special and it's something that I hope more people decide to take action on. Um, in their own messaging and uh, and the work that they do. Um, so I think that's wonderful. We are about to get to our rapid fire questions. Our four final questions that we ask every guest, um, these questions are different than the questions I asked in season one. We are now in season two. So um, you are actually my first guest that I'm asking these questions to. Got to switch it up, switch nice. it up for season two. So if you could choose one superpower, what would it be? Oof, what a tough question. Superpower. <laughs> oh, gosh. All right. Here we go. I'm not sure if that would be um, superhero power or a curse. Uh, I would like to transmit thoughts to people's mm. minds. So um, so if, if, if I hear somebody through the superpower that, you know, they're sad or, you know, they, they are doubting about themselves, and um, obviously, that would have a lot of problems if you hear somebody's thoughts. Uh, but anyway, 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 let's just keep it simple. Uh, I would just try to um, help somebody in need and, and tell them some comforting words that would either motivate them or give them some confidence to go through what they're, they're doing. As if, you know, maybe the form would be that 
they make these thoughts and um although i'm transmitting it to them but it will come as their own head you know talking back to them so maybe that's it bad signal i love it yeah (laughs) but if i give them bad advice then i might lead them to do something they want to do so again that might be a curse but anyway that's what what comes to mind i don't know if that makes sense i like it it's like a mental bad signal and you're just like oh somebody's in need i'm gonna send them positivity and strength i like it (laughs) my second question is if time travel was possible what's one lesson you would like to go back and tell yourself i'm sure we all have a lot of them but what's one thing you could just be like hey tommy you should just know this for the future i would like you to know that what's something that you well you know what that's very interesting because i'm asking the same question on wisecon so all these mm. these global you know musicians they are answering this very <laughs> same question. Yeah. So uh-huh. yeah, I've got some amazing answers and I don't think I can I can <laughs> actually you know get any close to them. But I would say um dude yeah, you've actually going to make it, you're going to be happy, don't worry. All these things that you think they're problems in the future, you're going to you're going to have you're going to be a master of them. You know, they're going to be nothing. You will, you will see other people having these problems. So you're going to be like, yeah, that, that's not a problem. That's going to be you. And you're going to achieve that by, uh, by going through shit and by um, failing and trying stuff and uh, having rough times where you doubt yourself. But eventually you're going to overcome all these problems. And uh, that's what I'm telling myself right now. I'm 31 and I'm talking to you. You're 10 years old. I'm still telling this to myself that whenever I'm going through, um, you know, like pretty rough time and it's quite a few of them, you know, per week, it's a few problems popping up, but I'm always reminding myself that, yeah, it's, it's, this is not going to be a problem in the future because you will have mastered it. So all I want you to do mm. is, um, whatever you go through, just think of it not as a problem, but as an opportunity to learn. And, uh, mm. this is something that's going to make you the human being that you um, you ever you, you dreamed of you're going to be proud of yourself i'm proud of me i'm proud of you um just you know just keep doing what you're doing all these doubts will turn into beauty that was that felt like a confession no i love it's it you know thank you for being vulnerable to share that because it's so important to understand perspective you know whether it's telling our 10 year old self that or like you said even still today reminding ourselves that like this will pass. It's passed before and it will pass again. And I think that's really important. So thank you. This one's a little bit more fun. It's more like, but living or dead, three musicians that you would like to have for dinner. Like who would you, you can invite anybody. They will say yes. Who do you want to sit, sit around the dinner table from three, three musicians? All right. Oh gosh. All right. All right. David Bowie, uh, the only person um, that I, I'm, I got so connected with that I, I cried when, when he died. Um, so definitely David Bowie, uh, huge inspiration. Uh, John Lennon, um, <laughs> I would like to hear him speak uh, uh, Liverpoolian. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, I, would, I would just like to have a chat with him and uh, see what it takes to be him. Uh, and maybe Johnny Cash, um, because he's a badass. Actually, so many other people like, come on, can I add a fourth one? 
<laughs> Jimi Hendrix. Oh, come on. <laughs> Uh, I would just like to spend time with them and see what what it feels like to be them. That sounds like an epic dinner, and I hope I'm able to be a fly on the wall. My superpower would be invisibility, so I oh. could hang out with them. <laughs> Actually, can I switch superpowers? <laughs> So my last question, and this actually uh, will always stay the same. I asked this in in season one, too. This podcast is all about taking action. Um, What's one thing you would like our audience to go do? Each week, I usually have like an actionable for them. But this being an interview, I always like our interviewee to give the action. What should they go do? Um, Be kind to themselves. Um, That's something that's not something that you do. That's something that you exercise. So I wouldn't give them an action, actionable advice. You can get advice about anything or you can just find YouTube videos on how to do this and that. But when it comes to beating up yourself, everybody is doing that. Whether you come from uh, the Western world or you know from any other part of the world, we're all beating ourselves up um, for, for small things that don't eventually matter. So what I would tell people, and I'm telling this to myself and my, my family as well, like be kind to yourself. You know, it's just um, think of somebody else telling you these problems and what would you tell them? Would you just, you know, tell them this is shit, what you just did doesn't make sense and why did you do No, you would be kind to them. Just be kind to yourself as well. So that's that would be a reminder. I love that. And thank you so much. This has been awesome. I'm so happy that I got you on my podcast because I'm, I'm such a huge fan of your work and I'm, you know, I love that we could just, talk about this in a way that, you know, not a lot of people talk about it in a way of service coming from a spot of kindness and community. And I just, I love, you know, I could talk about this stuff all day with you. So thank you for being here. And I know you've got a lot going on getting prepared for WiseCon. Um, so I won't keep you, but I just thank you for taking the time to speak with us about this and about sharing your your life lessons and your journey with us. I mean, what, what, what can I say, Suze? Like, you you are the deal. You know, you're the real deal. <laughs> so uh, all I have to say is um, for people listening to your podcast, just uh, stick with Suze. Uh, bring more friends to, to Suze. Uh, what she's doing is terrific and she is needed and she's a voice that needs to be heard more. So just do your friends a favor and invite more people to listen to Suze's podcast and uh, all her work and buy her planner and make sure you, you just stick around with this, with this gal because she's amazing. Thank you for having Aww, me. That was, that was you're brilliant. So fun. I hope this episode has inspired you to focus more on community and on being kinder to yourself. Such important messages that we forget all too often as we get caught up in vanity metrics and outside pressures. If you'd like to learn more about Tommy and his incredible company, Wise, head over to the show notes, therockstaradvocate.com forward slash EP40, and all of the links to his work and how to connect with him can be found there. I also encourage you one last time before I leave here today to go check out WiseCon. It's free, you have nothing to lose, and everything to gain. Should you choose to upgrade your ticket, your money will go to two worthy causes. So again, winning. All of the info can be found in the show notes. Once again, therockstaradvocate.com forward slash EP40. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you're looking to figure out your next steps, find time to balance everything on your plate, or work on being kinder to yourself as you go after your goals, let's talk. Email me at any time, suz, S-U-Z, at therockstaradvocate.com. Until next time, Rockstar, have a wonderful week, and I hope to see you back here next week so we can get grounded to get rising. Take care.